we are speaking with the Toronto-based musician, composer, producer, Alfred Chow, who is going by the name Tennyson King. Hi, Alfred, are you there? Hi, I'm here. How are you doing? Good. Would you like us to use Tennyson or Alfred? Uh, Tennyson is fine. Tennyson, great. Nice yeah. name. Thank you. Did a good job of picking one. <laughs> so is that a name of your invention, or is it like a middle name, a family name? How does that work? It's, uh, it was actually my father's name, and it's my, my middle name as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Too bad your last name wasn't Williams. Then you'd be Tennyson Williams. Almost like Tennessee <laughs> Williams. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've just completed doing a tour of the Kootenays, and you're on your way to Alberta now, hey? Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, in the Kootenays for a while, and I'm uh, just actually stopping Fernie right now and on my way headed to Calgary for tonight. So are you, are you playing in Calgary? Not tonight, um, but I'll be playing in Wayne, Alberta tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So you put about, what, 50,000, 100,000 K in a summer? <laughs> uh, almost about that. I've never actually counted, but this summer I was driving. I started in Vancouver at the beginning of July, and now I'm uh, slowly making my way back to Toronto, and I'll be in Toronto at the end of August. So it's like a good two months of kind of driving around uh, Western Canada. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a bit of miles. I was looking at your tour dates and thinking, wow, you you work really hard as a musician. Yeah, I mean, I love playing, so I try to, on tour, just, if I could play every day, I, I would just do that for the entire tour, but um, having a few days off is nice sometimes. So what's your favorite uh, place in the West? You've been all the way to the coast, I presume. Yeah, I have. Um, oh, that's a tough question. I mean... It, this tour, I, I went to uh, Vancouver Island for the first for my first time. Yeah, and it was absolutely beautiful there. Just driving around the island and uh, like the beach along Euclid and all those places. But even the small towns that I stopped in, like Duncan and Port Alberni and Nanaimo, were all all just beautiful towns with wonderful people. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of the Kootenays. Just being in the mountains is really nice as well. But That's you... a good answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> a very good answer. We're sort of partial to the Kootenays. But you've yeah, been in... I would imagine so. Have you been uh, in Toronto your whole life? Uh, more or less. I grew up... I was, I was born in uh, Hong Kong, and I immigrated to Canada and grew up around between Mississauga and... Toronto and Hamilton growing up. So, yeah. So, okay, you've been doing this for how long then? In terms of performance Um, and writing and all of that? Performance and writing, I started about, I'd say, six six or seven years ago now. Just, uh, I I started playing guitar and writing with bands based out of Toronto. And then I did some touring with a couple of them and about two two or three years ago, I kind of did less of the band stuff and just started doing my solo music and writing and singing myself and uh, playing shows for it. And it's been pretty steady just doing this solo stuff uh, for the past, I'd say, year and a half now. It keeps things simpler too, does it not? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely being, touring solo is a bit easier than being with like five or six people for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, though, it is fun to have the energy of, you know, a whole group of musicians with you on stage and also traveling around the country. It's nice to have a social life where you're not just meeting new people and saying, hey, how you doing? Glad you came. And then you never see them again, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But then the the issue with being in a band is it's very much a relationship. And if you don't get along with everyone perfectly well, it can get a little stressful too, can it not? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Being in a band, yeah, it's like if you're in a band of four people, that means you've got like four partners. <laughs> right. So, yeah, for sure. Hard enough to keep one happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> So how long did you know you wanted to do this? Did you just wake up when you were five years old and said you wanted to be a, a, a internationally acclaimed artist? Um, I wouldn't say it was just like a wake-up kind of thing. I mean, I've always... Music has always been a part of my life uh, since, since being a child. And I've always kind of had, had music as like a, a passion and even just... A, general enjoyment of listening to music um but i never when i was younger kind of going through university and stuff i never fully took into account that oh i'll be a musician as a career it was just more a hobby and something i did for fun but i think uh after i finished university and did some traveling i i just i guess i decided that i want to give the music thing a go and the more i started to do music the more i found that i was happy and kind of felt like I, I found my what a, a bit of my purpose in life. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's just been ever since then each year it just gets a little bit more seeming like I'm on the right path for now. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of keep rolling with it every day. That's a good answer when you say for now because uh, I mean, the modern day as far as well anything in the arts, whether it's music, photography, pretty well anything there's so much saturation in the market it's really hard to actually really make it in the modern day because the the pool is so big right yeah yeah for sure and i guess that also depends on like how some people are how you would define making it as well yeah um but yeah definitely it's just it's it's a competitive world out there in the entertainment industry and there's so much so much and so many talented people play music which is which is amazing as well yeah um but yeah if you're trying to pursue success it definitely uh weighs down on you a bit for sure mm-hmm. and you spent uh, a long time traveling around australia and playing as well yeah just last year i did um two i i've more or less spent nine months in australia last year um there were two and there were two separate tours throughout the country and um, it was just absolutely amazing it definitely sparked more love for touring and more love for sharing my music and continually playing my music as well and uh, a lot of the um, the new single and the new record I just recorded is kind of inspired by my travels and touring through Australia so it was definitely a, a big impact on my life in the past two years so how did you find the Australians, how did they accept your music? I mean, you're from a totally different part of the world. 
your influences are different. So was there a bit of a learning curve for them or did they just say, hey, you, you're amazing. Stay for nine months and we'll party. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, it, from from my point of view, like, gauging the audience and the fans, it seemed like it was pretty pretty immediate. Like, the, the, the demographic and the culture in Australia is somewhat similar to that of Canada. So, you know, they love music, and um, it's English-speaking, which makes a big, uh, helpful, dif- um, makes it really helpful as well. Well, it's so, English-speaking if you can understand their accent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Especially in different places in the country, too, the, the accent and slang changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, they are—they were very accepting and very intrigued in in my music and also where I came from and about Canada. And I think after meeting a bunch of Aussies for the past year, I think Canada and Aussies have this kind of unspoken loving relationship where it's like where it's very accepting of each other's culture and people mm-hmm. um so yeah so it was it was i say it was very smooth just from the get-go so how i'm just curious as a musician how do you set up a pile of dates in another country uh you know you were doing the the local bars and and small venues how do you set up all of that is there bribery is- involved <laughs> no not no monetary by bribery. Okay. But, uh, no, I would just spend, honestly, I spend a lot of time, if I pick a place that I want to go, like a country I want to go tour, I'll just spend a lot of time researching on Google, like, where live music is, and then I'll email them, or either me or my manager will do that, or I'll just reach out to, you know, fellow musicians that I know or are friends with who have toured in certain places and kind of ask them for some advice of where I could start. So, yeah, it's a multitude of just me cold, like, cold emailing venues or me reaching out to mm-hmm. friends and different booking agents that could help out as well. So it's a, it's a good combination of a bit of everything um, at, this, at this kind of indie level of just trying to tour and play right. music. So your manager is doing most of the legwork or are you doing most of the legwork in terms I'd of lining up the gigs? I'd say, well, for the booking gigs, I'd say right now it's mostly me. Yeah. But she definitely helps out, and um, and it's de- definitely a teamwork kind of thing. Right. But there's so many other things for my management to kind of focus on as well. Yeah, like making sure so. your socks match <laughs> and that you've brushed your teeth when you got up on, or when you get up on stage, right? Yeah, yeah, or getting to gigs on time or... right making sure I make these phone calls on time as well. Right. (laughs) So how do you find the promotional side of things? Do you actually like promoting yourself? So many artists that I know, and I'm kind of the same, I can promote someone else, but I'm really reluctant to promote myself. Do you have difficulty with that? Um, I mean, I guess it depends what what type of promotion. I mean, I feel like, I love playing music and performing. Mm-hmm. And to me, and, and at this point of my career, I feel like that's my strongest type of promotion of myself. If I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable performing for people and I feel comfortable that people who see me play will 
like my music and will enjoy my music. So, mm -hmm. and that, like, for me, that is kind of like my biggest sense of how to promote myself and my music currently. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of other stuff, like, I do the social media stuff. It's not necessarily my, my favorite thing to do because I sometimes, I don't like to always be tied to my phone and thinking of, oh, how can I promote this? How can you get light? Media. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not, that's not my ideal thing, but I'm aware that that is something that plays uh, somewhat of a big role in, in success in the industry these days. So yeah. I, I kind of do it, I do it to my way of, so that I'm still kind of happy doing it and not making it drag me down too much. Right. Because if you yeah. get bogged down in all of that, it, it steals from the love of what you're actually doing, right? Exactly, totally, for sure. And then you're also, you, you put yourself out there, and if people don't accept you, then you can get hard on yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I know the drill. I do. <laughs> so, I mean, we've been talking about your music for the last 10, 15 minutes, but maybe we should play some of your music. Um, we were hoping yeah, to play a couple, three uh, tunes in the hour. And uh, so I was thinking you and me. Yeah. I, I don't nice. mean you and me singing. I mean the, <laughs> the song you and me. Does that That'd work for lovely. you? All right. Yeah, so sure. if you could just stay on the line after the, the track is done, we'll come back and we'll continue with this interview we are talking to Tennyson King and this song is called You and Me yeah and we'll be back with Tennyson after it's done and that was Tennyson King You and Me excellent tune I have to say Thanks I'm so impressed thank e you even if you are from Toronto <laughs> <laughs> do we get a bad rap because we're from Toronto <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you I like to razz people from the east, and then I like to razz other communities in our area. I'm just yeah, a yeah. jerk, you know. It's just the way it is. But I'm but I'm proud of it, okay. of what I do, and I'm good at it. So <laughs> he is good yeah. at it. Yeah. If you could consider that good. Mm hmm. So, did you know at an early age that you had musical ability, or is it something that blossomed later on? Um. I mean, I grew up. I, I was kind of put into early classical piano lessons when I was younger. Right. I think I started when I was about six years old. And I did it for probably like eight or nine years. Okay. So I played quite a bit, but it was never... At that point, it wasn't really... It, it, it felt kind of like homework. So it wasn't necessarily the, the, the passion and the joy that I have now or developed in the later years. It was... Um, it was really when I kind of decided to quit piano and then pick up a guitar and then start learning these songs that I was listening to on the radio and stuff like that, that kind of sparked uh, a new passion and love for music. So I don't know. I, I mean, personally, I don't know if the music thing was really in me necessarily from the start, but I definitely had some, a lot of practice with it. So by the time... I was starting to learn guitar. I did notice that I was picking it up a bit quicker mm -hmm. and, uh, and a little bit easier. So, 
Yeah, but I mean, since then though, I I put in, I definitely put in a lot of hours of practicing and and all that to kind of get to where I am now. And I still, and I still always try to practice because it's. I mean, I think it's never like we should. I should always be learning and improving. So, well, especially in such a competitive market, too. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Are Are you a fairly prolific songwriter? I love your lyrics, by the way. I, I was going through your site and looking, reading at some of the lyrics, and obviously heartfelt. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, lyrics to me are very important. I think uh, I really believe that music is such a good way to communicate with people and a great way to share a message and connect. So, and for me, a lot of that is done through writing and and lyrical expression. So um, I try to be as honest as I can through my lyrics as they're generally experiences that I've had personally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, lyrics, yeah, lyrics to me, I would say are very, very important in my music. And and these days I'm finding in the music that I, I look for to, in terms of uh, as a listener. So. Cool. So... What happens in those times when you've really dug in deep, you've dug into your heart, the depths of your soul, and you've created something, and people go, when they hear it, they go, meh. Does that ever happen to you? Or do you find that when you go really deep, that there is that magic and it's just automatically loved? Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, sometimes it's hard to gauge because I don't necessarily, you know, it's not like after I play a song live, immediately everyone will come up to me after and tell me, like, whether they, they felt it or didn't feel it. So sometimes that's a bit hard to gauge. But um, I know for me and in the magic of, the energy that's in a room when you're performing with people and connecting with people. Right. I definitely find that when I when I kind of let it, you know, put wear my heart on my sleeve, so to speak, and put it all on the floor, it's there is some sort of magic that happens and synergy that happens in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to, I mean, I think as a as a musician, what I'm trying to pursue is that that high every single time I'm I'm playing with four mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that would be the best way I can kind of, I guess, answer that question. Mm-hmm. It really is important to dig in. Um, I know that you weren't at the jazz festival this past weekend, but I was totally and utterly blown away by. Shovels and rope. Are you familiar with them? I'm not. What are they called, sir? Uh, shovels and rope. I know. It's sort of a strange I, name. I've <laughs> never heard of them before, but it was just cool. a, a husband and wife. They were the last act of the last day. And the amount of passion that they put into that performance, uh, I mean, it was, I had shivers going up and down my spine, and I must admit, a tear going down my my face every once in a while too. I mean, it was just over the top. They poured everything into it. 
And uh, I'll have to definitely check them out. Definitely check them out. I've always been curious um, listening to performances like that, especially by bands that tour a lot and play a lot and, mm -hmm. you know, and have maybe been popular for years and years. How do you stay connected to music that you sing over and over and over again? Uh, that's a great question. And there are definitely times when it can get tough. Um, but for me, I just, I mean, before I play every single song, I, I also like to tell stories as I play my sets as well. So I try to um, connect with the audience before I've been playing a song to talk about either how the song came about or something that's affected me that's present in the song. So I, and when I do that, it tends to help me put my head and heart in the space where the song and when and where the song was written. Mm -hmm. um, and I also just try to do that mentally before each song too is to to kind of to really relive the words in the song internally as I'm kind of performing it. And I find when I'm able to make that connection inside me, that's when I generally perform the song at its best kind of possible potential. Mm -hmm. That's great. I, you know, as an audience member, I also find that that's super helpful when when the musician is willing to share the story of how it came about, when they have written their own music and they can really connect me to what was going on for them, that really makes it, you know, I appreciate it on a whole new level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how many songs have you written? A couple thousand? Uh <laughs> No, I actually have never really counted, but I'd say I've written a, a lot of songs, and um, but sometimes they don't all get finished. Right. I feel like a lot of songs I start, and then it just it wasn't like really clicking at that time. Then I, I, I either forget about it or put it aside, and then I start on a new one. Or have, have you ever... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That's, that's kind of where I was ending with that. What I was going to ask is, have you ever also, the opposite being true, where you find something and you're so overwhelmed by it that you don't want to do anything with it in the moment because you're waiting for your talent to catch up? <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I don't know if I've fully experienced that yet, to be honest. Okay, I I kind of get I I kind of get what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I've never I've never actually really thought of it in that in that manner. So maybe now that you've put that in my head, it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. There's there have been times in 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 my life where I just go, okay, that one needs to go on the back burner, not because it's not important, but because. I'm just waiting for all of the elements to arrive and then really do uh, it up. I th yeah, I think, yeah, I think I have experienced that maybe not in that same kind of thought process, but right. definitely I've written parts of songs where I'm like, oh, this is really good, but I'm not in this mode right now. Right. So I guess that's kind of what you're saying too. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, yeah, that definitely happens because 
I mean, I think as writers, we write, we write so much, and, like, it's not, I might not, but the process of completing a song sometimes, I find, is different from just writing parts to a song and just right. writing something down. So I, I might have parts of songs where I feel like I'm not really ready to kind of sit down and really craft this into right. what it could potentially be, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing, are you using just notepad and paper? Are you using a computer with a DAW? What is your process? I'm usually using, when I actually go to finally sit down to kind of craft the song out, I generally am using paper and pencil um, and and my acoustic guitar. That's kind of generally how I've been writing the past couple of years. But as I'm touring, I'll make notes on my phone, especially if I'm driving, because I do so much driving, I'll just say something into like my voice memo. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm somewhere, I'll just quickly, and I don't have paper and pen, I'll just type it into my phone and then and then try my best to make sense of it later when I see it. Right. <laughs> do you write the lyrics first or the music? Uh, I generally, uh, it's hard to say, if I'm, if I'm, tr- touring, I generally, the lyrics and the idea will come first because that's like, that's just, I'm thinking of something and I'll write down an idea. But if I'm, if I'm kind of sitting around and I have access to my guitar, then in that case, the music would come first because I'll start noodling around on my guitar and playing some stuff. And then I'll think of a melody Mm -hmm. and then, and then maybe some of the words that I had in the back of my mind would kind of come up to fit in. You know, we've talked to, to musicians in the past, and, and Jeff has always asked them, and I'm going to do it this time, do you write from a, pace, a place of pain or joy, or do you do it from both places? Um, I, I would, at this point, I've done it from both. I would say when I first started, when I, the, the first record I put out and the first songs I, I wrote for, this, for my solo stuff was definitely... Um, it was probably a little bit more on the pain side, if you will, just kind of feelings that I've, feelings that experience I've had kind of bottled up inside me since I was a teenager to where I was at that time in my life and just things I, was, I wasn't able to share and get out. So at that point, it was very much a sense of kind of therapy for me. Um, and, but then a lot of that also kind of, turned into a type of joy too because I was able to get it out mm-hmm. um, and then and my and the last kind of bunch of songs I wrote that were a bit more influenced by kind of my time in Australia I would say it leans a bit more towards the joyful side but still a bit of like a realistic view on um, on on everyday life which can include a bit of turmoil as well but but being able to achieve and find happiness as a goal to kind of to surpass that turmoil i'd say right Mm -hmm. you find like you know there's certain musicians that i think they can only really write powerful songs from a place of pain like, uh, say, Alanis Morissette. I think she was great at writing about her angst, but then when she didn't have angst anymore, it got really difficult. Right. 
And and I know other musicians that we've talked to quite often, they can't really get there to that deep emotional place unless it's a painful process. Do, have you found that you can actually write about, you know, the fun you're having or the the great yeah, party I, you you participated in or whatever, and still have yeah. a, a song that's powerful in the end? I think. I mean, I'm still personally. I'm I'm still really trying to kind of find my my strength and my voice too in my music. So. I mean, I try a bit of everything, to be honest. Also, because I kind of love all those all types of music. But I think even when I'm writing, if I'm writing something that's more joyful, as I was mentioning before, it would still come from some type of self-reflection of where I am at in my life. Right. So not that it's necessarily painful, but it's definitely um, a bit thought. Like, it, it, it required a lot of thinking introspectively. Right. at that time to create that joy. So it's not just, you know, like writing about having a beer on like a Friday night with my friends right. kind of thing. And that's not really, I guess... That's a country now, song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially, especially if I'm doing a nice fucking mess doing a dog. That'd be a country song. Um, but yeah, yeah, for me, I, it's still in that kind of space of where I'm getting to those more carefree, happy songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I presume that you have Netflix when you're I at do. least back home. Have you watched any of the music documentaries? They're really quite fascinating. There's one that comes to mind. It's called Muscle Shoals, and I think it's a Netflix original. Ha- have um, you s- that's the one on the, the recording studio with Muscle Shoals, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I've seen... I, I, I've either I think I've seen a bit of it, or I just know a bit of the story as well. Okay, um, where like everybody went there to uh, track their album, I think, right? And they had like a band, right? Like the Muscle Shoals band that was backing everyone at the time. Yeah, it, I mean the the long and short of it was is they were talking about the community itself as well, and they brought right. in what came into my mind when you were just talking a couple minutes ago was I think it was Aretha Franklin. She was struggling and she was in the in the biz for years and they were trying to uh, put her in white man's world, basically, and singing, you know... Doo-wop music. Yeah, doo-wop kind of stuff. And she was really frustrated. And all of a sudden, I guess her manager said, we need to send her to Muscle Shoals and see what, what magic voice, they can yeah. create. And it took a while, but then all of a sudden, there was this chemistry that happened between her and one other musician. And next thing you know, she was sailing over the top. And I don't know how many albums she did, but it was a really fascinating story of how that all came about. Mm-hmm. And so that's the next question then. Are there people that you have played with in your career that have brought out that over-the-top magic from you? Other band members, or maybe you just did an open mic uh, night somewhere. Is there anyone that, I guess, became your muse? Yeah. Um, in terms of actual, I guess, in terms of people I've actually played, I'd say there's lots of people that are probably famous and known to many that 
um, have been major influences to me, but I haven't had the chance to perform with them, you know, and create with them side by side. And but who would those of, people be, if, if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, I mean, some of them, uh, some current ones that I've been really into is uh, Bahamas. Mm-hmm. That's a major influence. And guys like, old, older guys like Tim Buckley mm-hmm. um, and his songwriting style. I'm a big fan of... Uh, John Frusciante and uh, Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. They're like John solo stuff and the band stuff. Um, M. Ward as well, a great songwriter. And um, I'll slightly, uh, I can think of at the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely played well, played and seen people. Oh, sorry, it's also John Butler and like Paul Kelly, some Australian people that I've been really into lately as well okay uh yeah but in terms of people that i've played with or had the opportunity to write with i'd say i mean everyone i've played with has taught me something in some way shape or form and it's kind of developed me to where i'm at today like i i started off playing in a in like this in a hip-hop funk rock band mm-hmm. and it was like all collaborative writing and that was my kind of first big band ever and that kind of really gave me the experience and feel for playing with high energy and really performing and 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 letting yourself go on stage mm-hmm. and then I've also I play guitar and I still do every sausage with uh, uh, with Sarah Burton who's actually toured I've toured across Canada with her a couple of times and she's based out of Texas now but um, she kind of taught me the value of uh, of songwriting and and sharing stories with your songs because she's also very much a storyteller songwriter. Right. And when I played guitar with her, just kind of being kind of literally behind her on stage and watching how she connects with her audience mm-hmm. and her comfort of um, sharing herself with everyone was just that absolutely amazing for me too to see um and then also just recently i mean my my recent tour since it was mostly in australia i definitely met lots of different kind of um aussie singer songwriters who who i think that they do a really good job of they they've got this style of music i find in australia for solo artists where the music is generally really easy listening and chill and kind of feel good like it's got a bit of this like chilled out summer vibe that right i find most of australia just has in general but but they still manage to weave in um like important lyrical messages or emotions into it but Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to just be like super slow tempo or or slow songs if you know what i mean totally get that it's the um, juxtaposition. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking again for a good 15, 20 minutes. I'd like to play another track. I really enjoyed Somewhere. Yeah. So with your permission, I'd like to hit play on that. And then uh, at the end of the show, I want to play the very last tune that you've submitted, that you've uh, uh, published. Coast, yeah, I believe great. it is, right? Yeah, Coast. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, if you can just stay on the line, I'm going to bring your fader down and bring your tune up. 
And we'll All be right, back in good. four minutes or so. And we're talking to Tennyson King. And this track is called Somewhere. Well, I'm going to predict that you're going to do well, Tennyson, because I think those songs are really beautiful. I, I love your sound, and I think you do have a sound. I mean, I don't know uh, if... I think it takes sometimes somebody outside of yourself. I know for myself, I'm an artist. I sculpt. And I think I do all kinds of different things, but people always say, oh, I can totally tell that's one of your pieces. So there's some underlying kind of feel that's always there. And and that's what I'm hearing in your music is this lovely kind of laid back, charming... Um, soulful. Soulful, yeah. Connected stuff, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So you probably have a bunch of uh, young things uh, grabbing at your feet at the end of the concert, eh? <laughs> I'm um, not worthy. I, I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but yeah. uh, maybe, maybe sometime. <laughs> so we've got roughly about five minutes left to chat if we're going to play your, uh, your latest release. So yep. in those five minutes, is there something that you would like to share? I mean, our, our show is called Shift Happens. And mm-hmm. the premise of it is it's about the subtle shifts that go on in our lives that somehow make our lives better. And can you say what happened in your past that brought you to this point where you're, you know, you're going after your love, you're having all the courage to do this, you're putting on all this mileage on your vehicle. What made this all happen? What was the magic moment that where you just said, hey, I'm going to do this? Oh, that's a good question. Um, to be honest, I can't, I don't know if I can define it into one specific magic moment. Uh, for me, it's it's been... I've always wanted to you um, like music has been such a type of kind of therapy for me growing up. I mean, I, I, I actually I, I lost my father at a somewhat young age at thirteen. Yeah. And when that happened, music was kind of my savior for for everything for me at that time. And and it took a lot of listening to music and. To, that kind of helped me get over things and it wasn't even really till to be honest I started kind of writing my own songs and really expressing them when I when I started finding closure and 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 happiness in that sense right because so, it was coming from deep within you yeah it was and and like I, I said this before too music is really for me um, and has been just like a strong type of therapy like it keeps me it kind of keeps me thriving and existing in this world, um, and it. And when I don't play music, or if I'm away from music for too long, I definitely feel a bit sadder. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I guess it's it's definitely ongoing for me. The little shift that happened, and I, I've been noticing in the past couple of years of my life, the more music I do, it seems like every little shift that happens to me on the 
daily basis just keeps kind of, you know, slightly nudging me towards and closer to continually playing music for right now. Uh, and maybe someday that might change. Maybe the shift might not nudge me that way anymore. But right now, um, and which is really all I can really speak for is, you know, the moment mm-hmm. that we're in now, it's definitely um, pushing me towards that way. And it's keeping me happy and keeping me willing to, you know, cruise the long roads and do the big drives and and set up and tear down my gear and play hours of music for for sometimes hundreds of people and sometimes like two people. Yeah. But it's uh it's all it's kind of all there and and it's and it's good. How do you deal with it when there's only two people in the audience? Um, I mean, initially, it's definitely a bit of, it's, it's tough, like, I won't lie, right? Like, you go up there and you want to play, you want to, sh- I want to share my music with everyone in the world, and then you go on stage or stand on the, in the room, and there's only two people there, and it's definitely a little bit disheartening at first, but then once I start playing and putting myself out there, I just, I do it as if I were doing it in front of thousands of people because mm-hmm. that's how I want to express myself mm-hmm. at the end of the day and what I'm happy to do for anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when when your music is therapy for you, then it also becomes therapy for the people who listen to it. And that's that's when they're able to connect and are really moved. And that's what keeps them coming back. Yeah, right, yeah, definitely. I know for myself, at least, any creative expression, it gives life more meaning. Because when you're struggling, you express it through your creativity. And when you're joyful, you express it through your creativity. It seems to heighten your experience of living. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I mean, we're such, as humans, we're we're so creative. I mean, we're, we're creations in ourselves, right? However... Mm-hmm. Each individual wants to believe they were created, but we are created beings, and I think we're naturally inclined to, like you said, Anna, just create how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're getting close to the end if we're going to play this track, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right up front, we're going to be playing more of your music on an ongoing basis on our show. Oh, thank you so much. We play, we try to play music that is from the heart and has an intelligent lyric and has a powerful performance and you hit all three. So you're in our hall of fame. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. I appreciate that. So is there anything you'd like to say to set up uh, Coast, the the latest release that you've done? Yeah, Coast um, is definitely inspired by my travels and adventures in Australia and specifically on the east coast of Australia so kind of between Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast and all the beaches around there and it just uh, I tried to capture a bit of how I was feeling and my life during the the months I was just literally driving my my van that I was living in up and down the coast playing shows looking for adventures and going for swims in the ocean and meeting friends and fans. And that's what I tried to capture to share with everybody here back in Canada that um, period, of, period of time in my life. 
I think it's a great tune. I've heard it a couple times, and I'm looking forward to playing it one more time here. Well, thanks, Tennyson. Awesome. Yeah, thanks very much for the time. Uh, we know for that stopping you're stopping on the road. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm sure you're not driving at the same time, so you're doing this not. in a safe way. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm pulled over, but I got a good view of the mountain. So. Oh, that's good. good. Well, happy journeys. Thank you so much for your time. You're Thank more you. than welcome, and stay in touch, okay? Will do. We'd like to hear how you're doing. Thank you. Will do. Any any brilliant person with a heart, with a big heart, they're, they're our family. So thanks, oh, thanks for... so much. You're more than welcome. So here we go. We're going to play Tennyson King's Coast, and we'll see you, or you'll hear us, next week. <laughs> 